Good morning, friends. I don't know if you're listening to this in the morning, but I'm recording it in the morning. And as per usual, I've had way too much coffee. So I'm going to try to not talk super duper fast for you guys. I hope you're having a wonderful day. And I'm so excited that you're tuning in to this series, Fuel Your Workout. Today, I'm going to be talking about the other 23 hours. Because <laughs> in reality, yes, what we eat before, what we eat after, and if we need to add something during that fuels our workout. But really, it's what happens outside of that that is super important and has a huge impact. Now, this one's a little tricky because it is highly specific and unique to each individual. And not only that, but we also have to balance life. We all have different goals. So like we have professional athletes who are super focused on their performance and the other 23 hours might really revolve around that one hour or two to three hours of training. And so what they eat does need to be really intentional and tied to their workouts. Where you have someone like me who's like the average Joe, I like to go to the gym to feel good. I've mentioned before, it's a social hour for me. Yeah, I go at 5.30 a.m. I know those of you that are not morning people think that that's so icky, but (laughs) for those of you that are, know what I'm talking about. It's like the 5.30 a.m. crew. We jam in the morning. So yeah, it's more of a fun thing for me. So the other 23 hours for me isn't necessarily about maximizing my workout, rather just overall health. And that overall health includes fueling my body in a way so that I feel good when I go to the 5.30 a.m. class, but also it includes my mental health and my social health and my family life. So so this discussion about the other 23 hours is going to look super different depending on who you are, but I do wanted to cover three general recommendations that I think no matter where you fall on this spectrum, they can be applicable to you and just help you balance that other 23 hours. Woo woo. All right, so excited to dive into this one today. Cheers. I'm saying cheers because I'm holding a cup of coffee. (laughs) Hey girl, you are amazing and you possess this unique inner awesome that the world so desperately needs. And guess what? Your body size has nothing to do with that. But I get it. I spent way too many years living in insecurity and I have spent the last decade working with women just like you who have struggled with the same. And when it comes down to it, I think our amazingness becomes all too easily eclipsed by two things. Body bullying, which in turn impacts how we take care of our body. Whether it's over or under eating, over exercising or not moving at all, moving from dieting to anti-diet culture, girl, the pendulum just keeps swinging. I started this podcast because it's time to break up with body bullying and find a way to live balanced in your body. I'm Jess, a body bully warrior, registered dietitian, and food freedom guru. I believe that when we stop letting culture define health, beauty, and what we should and shouldn't eat, we are finally free to live in our own bodies. This podcast is just one of the many resources I have for you ladies. Be sure to head on over to JessBrownRD.com. Check out my ebook, e-course, supplements, meal plans. Guys, I've got so much more for you, and I'm adding to that list on the daily. Are you ready to channel your inner awesome at a whole nother level? Grab a cup of coffee, lace up those running shoes, and let's dive in to today's show. All right, feel your workout the other 23 hours. So I've got three things we're going to go over today. The first one is when we are working to feel that workout, we need to make sure we're eating enough food. And I know me just saying that probably feels weird. And it feels weird because you never hear that. 
I mean, I don't remember the last time I looked at a magazine cover or an Instagram post that said, eat more, or are you eating enough? No, we see things like cut fat, cut carbs, cut sugar. I mean, ever since I can remember, our culture has told us to eat less, like eat less processed food, less fat, less carbohydrates. And while there's totally a time and place for this, don't get me wrong, there absolutely is a time and place to dial back on some of those. I just think the perspective and the focus, it sets us up to fail. So for example, if you think of kids, you guys know I have two boys and anytime there is Like we go to the store and there's something shiny on the shelf and I say, oh, don't touch that. It's like they immediately gravitate towards that and then they want to touch it. I always use the elevator button example. It's like if I get in the elevator and I say, don't push the button, their fingers like immediately go to the button. It's just, it's built in our nature. And if we point something out and say, don't do this, our brain is already thinking about it. And I think we're setting ourselves up to fail. I saw this great meme the other day that said, intentionally not thinking about weight loss is still thinking about weight loss. <laughs> so it's like, even if we're sitting there going, I'm not going to think about weight loss. I'm not going to think about weight. We're still thinking about it. So I really think that this focus on like eat less processed food, eat less fat, eat less carbs, eat less fun food. It's not a great place to start, at least. I mean, again, there's a time and place for it, but it's not a great place to start. We need to shift and make sure we're eating enough. And I think this will set us up to succeed. I can tell you guys that working with women who exercise, I see more women who underconsume than those who overconsume. Like we don't eat enough fiber. We don't eat enough B vitamins. We don't get enough iron. We don't get enough protein or magnesium. We don't get enough food to fuel what we ask of our body. Now, not getting enough fuel, protein, nutrition, whatever, while we're pushing our body to the max, whether we're pushing it in our workout or we're pushing it in our life because we've got like 900 things going on, us women are stellar multitaskers. I mean, when we live in this chronic deficit, we slowly but surely deteriorate our bodies and I see it time and time again. So I have this quick litmus test that you guys can all do. Now this is a screening tool. This is just something I use, so it's not a validated measure, but I found it to be really helpful in just screening to see if you're eating enough. Take your total daily caloric intake. So if you're eating 1,500 calories, subtract 400 from it. Whatever number you get there is the amount of energy you have available for your metabolism. So if this number is below 1,200 for women or 1,500 for men, chances are you're eating too little and your metabolic activity is suffering as a consequence. Because you have to remember, we're not just burning calories when we work out. We're expending energy all day long. I mean, even if you're just laying in bed and watching TV, you're not burning a ton of extra, but just your brain processing what you're watching on TV burns additional fuel. Same thing like if you're reading, that's going to burn more fuel than if you're watching Netflix because we're using more energy. And then the energy burn goes up from there. I mean, brushing your teeth requires energy. Moving throughout the kitchen, preparing food for yourself and your family requires energy. And hitting the gym or the run or whatever it is you're doing definitely requires energy. So when we ask our body to do our workout on top of all the other things, but we're giving it such a low calorie budget, major parts of our metabolism suffer. Just some examples are our metabolism actually slows down because it's trying to preserve metabolic activity. So we see a decrease in in our basal metabolic rate. We're less likely to build strength or muscle. Our immune system can become compromised. We talked a lot about that on yesterday's podcast about how when we exercise, there's a immunosuppressive effect. Well, if you put a calorie deficit on top of that, now we're just amplifying 
that response to exercise. Our mental focus is not as sharp as it could be. Most of you probably relate to this, whether it was from intentional restriction or like you were just so busy you didn't eat breakfast and all of a sudden it's, you know, one o'clock and you haven't eaten. Your brain gets all foggy and you can't make decisions clearly. (laughs) We're hangry. So here what I'm suggesting is what if instead of focusing on eating less food, we actually focus on getting enough. Like we focus on what our body needs instead of what we like, quote, shouldn't eat. It's going to bring this new empowering perspective. This is the concept of crowding out. And somewhere I love to start with clients when we're starting to gain momentum and traction with their food. Like instead of starting with, hey, I'm going to cut out carbs, let's start with, I'm going to up my fruits and veggies to five servings per day. Or I'm going to up my protein to a minimum of 30 grams per meal. I guarantee if you take this approach, not only are you going to feel better because you're getting adequate protein and fruits and veggies, but you're going to be giving your body nutrition and your meal space is going to be occupied with some of these new foods that it's going to consequently cut down on some of those other foods that may not be fueling you as efficiently. So shifting this perspective to am I getting enough, enough fruits and veggies, enough protein, enough omega-3s, enough zinc. This is a much more productive place to start when you're trying to optimize your fueling the other 23 hours of the day. So that's number one. Let's make sure we're getting enough. Number two, we've got to get the emotion and shame baggage out of the way. We have to get there. Listening to our bodies and stop trying to control or hate or dial in or force our body to hold up to this impossible standard that our culture sets to us. We've got to drop this baggage and allow ourselves to have complete ownership over food choices. When we think of actually implementing some food changes, I mean, it's not rocket science. There's definitely, we can get into the nitty gritty and work on, you know, biohacking the body. But at the basic level, increasing your fruits and veggies, increasing your protein is not rocket science. But it sure feels like it some days when we're trying to make these changes and we, you know, we fail time and time again. I've been here personally and I see it over and over and over again where it's like we set the goal of, okay, I'm going to up my protein, but then two days in, we're not able to sustain it because it triggers something in us. And this is our baggage. This is the shame stuff that pops up. And guys, we all have a different story when it comes to food and our body. This is going to bring up different stuff for every single person. I was working with a client last week who was really working on upping her protein, but it actually triggered stuff in her and it reminded her of when she was, uh, she did, did bodybuilding for quite a period of time and it was a really dark place in her life where she didn't have any friends. She really idolized her body and focused solely on her physical appearance. And so when we tried to up her protein, it brought up a lot of this stuff for her. And so it couldn't, it wasn't just about upping her protein at her meals. All of a sudden it was like, how do I up my protein without going back to that dark space of when I was doing bodybuilding? So the shame and the emotion that we attach to food, like it really crowds our plate. I mean, I'm such a visual person when I think of someone sitting down and like building a healthy meal. If we have this emotional baggage attached to food, I really visualize somebody like sitting down at their table, they've got their salad, they've got their chicken, And then there's like clutter and there's all this like gunk around that food. And so they're trying to eat it, but it's like the energy around it. I know I'm being woo-woo-y, but that's what I see. It's like we bring all our stuff to the table that it's not just having like a salad and chicken. Suddenly it's, it's we're having a salad and chicken with the conversation in our head that we had with someone years ago. And yeah, it just triggers everything. Learning to identify this and dissolve it so that it no longer runs the show, it really opens up the space so that we can have complete ownership 
of our food choices. Guys, this is what I walk you guys through in my e-course and my ebook. So my ebook, Beat Body Bullying, is a 10-step process on how to identify some of this stuff, rip it out at the roots, and rebuild those cognitions. That is actually included for free in my e-course. So if you haven't checked that out and you're feeling this bullet point today, make sure you get in there because you got we got to work on this stuff. I mean, I look at my husband. He's just so, you know, one, he's a man and he's so logical. I'm like, what is that like? What is it like to be super logical and not so emotional? <laughs> not only am I emotional, but I am super emotional. I am what you call a super feeler. I mean, if somebody comes in and tells me something and they start crying, like I'm crying too. I feel it. I feel everybody's emotion all the way in my heart and my soul down to my toes. But the bummer about that is, is that I feel it for myself too. So if, if I am hung up on some of this stuff, some of the body bullying, some of my emotional attachments to food, and those triggers are still raw and I haven't dissolved them yet, they're going to show up in my food choices. I mean, I still have some of this. I cannot stand raw onions because they remind me of one of my ex-boyfriends that I was, it was a really not a good relationship that did not bring out the best in me. And to this day, when I smell them, it like triggers that same feeling in me. And before I was able to identify this, I just thought I hated all things onions and they put me in a bad mood and I was grossed out and disgusted by them. But now I know that it just actually triggers this memory in me and I'm able to identify it and separate it. And while I don't eat raw onions, I've worked on eating grilled onions. I'm working my way to it. But we can also see this on the flip side where we get like a positive emotional attachment to food. So like donuts are something that make me super happy. I have really good memories of donuts growing up. I now take my boys to get donuts at least once a week, and it's just something that brings me a lot of joy. Now, every time I see a donut, I get that same feeling. And so if I decide I'm not going to have the donut, it almost makes me feel like my initial reaction is like, I'm denying myself something. No, I can't deny myself that joy. No, it's I just have emotion attached to it. And so, again, like identifying where we have these positive or negative emotions, especially if we have some of the shame baggage, can really help us to remove that element or at least separate it from it enough so we can engage in empowered eating and have complete ownership over our food choices. So got to get the emotion stuff out of there or at least learn how to separate it for enough space and enough time to make a decision that is in alignment with our values and is an empowered eating choice. All right, number three, intentional eating. So when we are looking at the other 23 hours and we're trying to optimize our health so we feel good in the gym, we are going to have to have some intentional eating outside of that. If we're eating totally freely, which believe me, I think there's a season for that, especially if you're coming off a season of like denying yourself food or restriction. This is really my personal journey, right? I had an eating disorder. So I had years of restriction. This is off limits. You can't have it. So then I went through a few years where it was like the reintroduction phase and I was like a kid being reintroduced to food going, oh my gosh, I love candy and I love corn dogs. I mean, things that taste delicious and certainly are okay to eat, but over time, eating primarily those kinds of foods are not going to make you feel good, especially if you're someone who's hitting the gym. So I went through that season and then I came to a place where it's like, I can't keep this up. I'm going to the gym. I'm getting older every year and I just, I don't feel as good and I want to go in the gym and I don't want to feel like I'm dying. (laughs) So eating intentionally can help us 
get back to some of those basics and really allow food to be what it is, which is fuel. Guys, this is where I always integrate my bubbles system. This is what my app's going to be. So shout out to all of you who've been so patient with me in this app. One of my friends texted me the other day and she was like, Jess, when's your app coming out? I was like, I don't know. If it doesn't come out this month, I'm going to quit because ah, it's taken forever and my impatience is showing. But I do want to say for those of you who have been listening and have been waiting patiently, keep listening because I will definitely have a awesome discount code for all you listeners that will only be available here on the pod. Yeah, stay tuned. So anyways, the bubble system, which is what my app is going to be. And right now I'm writing these manually. The reason I love this so much is because it is this balance of discipline and permission or intentionality and flexibility. So it's going to give you a roadmap of what your body needs in terms of like calories and macros, but I'm doing that work on the back end. So you don't have to like weigh your food or, you know, scrutinize over is this a half cup or a three quarters cup. Like I've set it up to be super intuitive and have some flexibility in there so that we can embrace some of the empowered eating model and tap into our internal awareness. Somebody asked me how I came up with this. I told him, I was like, well, because it's really my personality. I mean, if you told me to eat a specific amount of calories and log it and weigh everything, guys, I've tried this. Do you know how long I last? Not even a full day. I cannot do it. One, it triggers something in me and it, I think it takes me back to eating disorder world. And I just, it's not healthy for me to stay focused on that. And I know that that's a boundary I have to keep. But number two, it's just not in my personality. Like my personality is just not one that can stick to something so rigid. I'm spontaneous. I like to be in the moment, sometimes too much because I totally forget about the time. (laughs) Yeah, ask my husband about that. He gets real happy. (laughs) But this plan and this bubble system has allowed me to have enough structure that I don't get too off course, right? Because with my kind of personality, I do tend to like drift off and go, oh, well, I'm having fun. So I'll just continue to eat donuts all day. (laughs) And then I feel like crap. So it does help me to have the structure, but it's not so much that it's making me rigid. But anyways, I was on a podcast, another podcast the other day, and somebody asked me how I came up with this. And I told them that, well, you know, this is my personality. And I couldn't write plans for people that I couldn't follow myself. So I came up with something that I felt more, you know, I believed in and I could do and empowered me. So I knew it would empower others. Well, she had a really good question. She said, well, that's really great for you. What about the people that aren't like that, Jess? Like, what about the people that do like plans and structure? And I thought, oh, that's such a great question. And the reality is, I think it it actually gives to both personality types because even if you are someone that likes more detail and likes more structure, I mean, you don't need to be challenged to have structure because that's actually your safe zone. What would be more of a challenge for you is embracing structure with flexibility. And so using the bubble system as a guide and challenging yourself to not get so hung up on having the exact amount of calories every single day. Because I mean, think about it. Your body doesn't actually burn the exact amount of calories every single day. So why would you expect yourself to take in the exact amount of calories every single day? It really is a balance and an average over time as opposed to this like rigid 24-hour clock. 
Oh, yeah. And that's a fun thing to keep in mind is that our brain and our culture works on a 24-hour clock, but our body actually operates more on a 72-hour clock. This balance of discipline and permission, it's going to look different for every personality type. I always say discipline for one personality type is going to be really implementing structure while the other is going to be learning to respect rest and value rest. Okay, so when it comes to the other 23 hours, if we're wanting to just tweak what we're eating so that we can feel better going into the gym, we've got three things for you guys today. Make sure you're eating enough of some of the main ones, like eating enough total food, first of all. And you can use that litmus test that we talked about, making sure we're getting enough protein and enough fruits and veggies. Number two, really check in with, are we bringing emotion to the table? And if you are, again, it's not that it's bad. It's just we need to be able to identify it and separate it. And you guys, if you need help with that, be sure you grab my ebook. And number three, get acquainted with what your body needs. This is something that I think a lot of us get lost on. And we're like, well, I don't even know where to start. Guys, this is why there are dietitians in the world. (laughs) Just like there's accountants to help us with our finances, there are dietitians to help you identify what your body needs and how to eat intentionally and balance and rebalance, right? Because sometimes we get so off course that we just don't even know where to start. So (laughs) that is why we are here. We've had to go through a lot of training. If you don't know a dietitian's background, we actually have to get a four-year degree. We have to do a nine-month unpaid internship, pass a board examination, and a master's degree. So there's a lot that goes into our training, but I do think that nutrition knowledge has to be overlapped with our values and our internal awareness, which is the intuitive eating piece. And it's when we put all of those three, one on top of the other, like intentional eating, my bubble system, internal awareness, the intuitive eating piece, and then values-based goal setting. That is when we become empowered eaters and we're able to maximize what we're eating the other 23 hours. I guess it's not totally 23 hours because we're hopefully sleeping for some of that. (laughs) But what we're eating outside of our workouts that we can feel great when we go into the gym or when we're outside running or when we're horseback riding or rock climbing or swimming. I mean, whatever it is we're doing, we want our bodies to enjoy that movement because we're taking care of it outside of the workout. So if you're feeling like you need help with that, guys, my e-course is exactly that. It's going to layer all three of those together and every single person does get that custom fuel plan for yourselves because yeah sometimes you just don't know where to start like the other day my brother who's in finance he told me I needed to invest differently in different stocks and I was like wait what I don't know what any of these things mean like just tell me where to put my money (laughs) help me I mean there's a reason he has the job he has and he helps people same thing with dietitians there's a reason we're here and it's to help you kind of get back to some of those basics and realign your food intake with what will best fuel your body so you're probably listening to this thinking okay well I don't know where to start just like where I hear you saying start, but I don't know where. Guys, this is where my e-course comes in. It layers all of these one on top of the other. It's your step-by-step process. It's your fuel plan all wrapped up in a nice little package in the self-paced course for you guys. And if you've been on the fence about it, now is the time because it is $50 off and that's only going to be this month. So head on over JessBrownRD.com, click on courses, and then enter summer steel exclamation point at checkout. You guys don't want to miss this one. So get it while it's hot. Guys, it's pretty amazing when we start taking care of our body instead of trying to control it, dial the nutrition in, force it to be something it doesn't want to be. When we just take care of it, it's pretty cool how your body then takes care of you. You can get more out of your workouts. You'll feel better. And it's a cycle that then feeds itself. You feel better working out, you're going to do it more. You're going to do it more. You're going to eat more intentionally outside of the workout. Then we build ourselves to be a healthier person day by day. All right, that's all I've got for you ladies. I hope you guys have a fabulous day. 
I'm gonna go get another cup of coffee. <laughs> Cheers and happy eating. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope it strengthened your food journey and empowered you to live boldly in your body. Real quick, sister, before you go, if you liked today's episode, the best way you can thank me is head on over to iTunes, Fuel Her Awesome Podcast, leave a review and subscribe. Then take a screenshot and share it on your social media. Don't forget to tag me at JessBrownRD. And if you're looking for more resources, be sure to check out my website, JessBrownRD.com. I've got info on my e-course, Fuel Her Awesome Food Foundations, my 10-step ebook on how to beat body bullying, and so much more. I cannot wait to chat with you babes again. Until next time, cheers and happy eating.